Hello. Hi, Merlin, man. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm fine. Are you well? Yeah, everything's going okay. <laughs> you sound uh, you sound good. You sound better. Yeah, you sound good. Thank you. I, you know what I did? What'd you do? A little... Ask you a question. Do I sound a little less hot? You sound really hot to me. I turned down my uh, my sound volume. Ooh. No, I mean, I hope I'll overdrive less now. I hope so. I'm going to try and talk quietly. <laughs> yeah. Want to button it up? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you called me Marlon. You know my barber. My barber's been calling me that for eight years. My, my daughter thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> She's like, why, why does Joey call you Marlon? I said, I don't know. He's, uh, you know, he's from the Philippines, and I think he might be a compulsive gambler. Cut that out. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's part of the culture of barbers. But mm. I think it's pronounced babar. <laughs> you know, you have those books <laughs> from childhood, and you go, oh, I remember that being a book from childhood. And you grab it, and you start reading it. Can I just say... Vet the books. I, I picked I picked up a copy. I picked up a copy of Babar and started reading it and forgot what happens on like the third page. Do you remember what happens? No, they're not very good anymore, are they? Most of them. His, his, his mother's killed by hunters on like the third page. Is that page. true? <laughs> yeah. And I, I I did something I try not to do. I, I sometimes fib to my daughter. I sometimes have lies of omission, but I try not to directly lie to her. You know, unless she has it coming. I thought he was always hanging out with the. Didn't he wear pants and he's always hanging out with his parents? <laughs> I think you're thinking of listeners to our show, except for pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought he was a babar. So, he's wearing pants. I think he has a crown, right? Is he, he wears is, a little. I, I thought he was a prince and his dad was the king. Well, I think he's a widower, though, right? <laughs> the dad? Is it, was this like a. Was, you think he's got like a step, a step elephant mom? I'm not. Well, I'm not sure. Do you think a father would remarry, or do you think he'd just be in, in elephant mourning the whole time? I always had, you know, favorable memories of Babar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you making a Chevy Chase joke? No. I'm going to have to look it up, Babar. I think he made, I think Chevy Chase made three good movies. When I was a kid, I called it Babar. I, 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 I don't, you know what? I'm so deep inside of this mis- mispronunciation <laughs> joke, I can't even tell you the correct way to pronounce it. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Um, you know, some of those books are better than I remember. Some are much worse than I remember. Um, I think the three good movies, I'm going to say uh, Caddyshack and yeah. Vacation and Fletch. Can, are there, can you think of other good Chevy Chase movies? Ghostbusters, I, I guess. He's good in Ghostbusters. I think, again, I don't know how well those movies hold up, but I do remember that so much of my high school, early high school, could be divided between Fletch and then later Clockwork Orange that I don't I don't remember any other Chevy Chase movies. <laughs> all three all three movies uh and again this this is also that Cone Brothers rule you got to be careful of but Do you say uh, Cone I, or Cohen? Oh, I, I like don't work don't work don't work Hebrewic or Cohen. I think, I think that I think that you know what? Moving on. All three movies I am still constantly quoting to this day. Caddyshack and Vacation a little bit more, but I'm, I'm forever, I'm forever quoting this. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Hmm. Can I help you? Audrey, can I help you with that? Please? <laughs> but you can use a cool one. It's still funny. We were, uh, my family was out of town the other day and we walked by a place that we thought was going to be open and it wasn't. And I completely out of nowhere. God, I hate my brain. I said, sorry, folks, the park's closed. Moose out front should have told you. <laughs> Yeah. 
Uh, I got some follow up. <clears throat> do you have a, Do you have a topic for today, Dan? I thought we were talking about Fletch, so I have a lot of notes. Oh, but gosh, what are some of the great Fletch lines? There's so many. There are so many, and you could uh, you could you could start out with uh, Doctor Rosenpeen, Doctor Rosen Rosen, Doctor Rosen Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one with the doctor at the up to the elbow. Do you, do um, you have any caviar? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All Must right. have cost you hundreds. You know what I love about this show? It's just like me and my buddies hanging out and just like, <laughs> You didn't smoke pot, right? No. Did you ever laugh like that for no reason? Like people who smoked pot? <laughs> oh, no, I never did. <laughs> we should live in a tree house together. <laughs> <laughs> God, pot's no good. Okay, I got some follow-up. I either have uh, five topics you can choose from or none. Okay. So technically, uh, step, step, I don't know, I'm not a programmer. So I either have zero through five okay. or one through nothing. Inclusive. That's a Larry Wall quote. Marley. Did you look at any of those Larry, Larry Wall quotes? Did you read those? Larry Wall, the Larry Wall. creative pearl. That's very good. <laughs> hmm. You're like a Wikipedia with a microphone. Mm-hmm. Please read. Please read. I, I didn't realize when I made the joke, when I joined in on the Mimi joke about taking a screen grab of the photo along with an inappropriate Wikipedia, I didn't realize that was Ward Cunningham. I wasn't even thinking about it. Now I feel really bad. Mm, me too. I feel bad, but it was pretty funny. Erotic <laughs> asphyxiation. That's funny. Um, so um, I got some follow-up and, I got, and I'll, I'll give you five topics that you can choose from or throw away because they're all not that great, but I got some follow-up. First of all, um, oh, so, so the Brett Terpster thing, what are we going to do about this? You, you, you're, it's your opinion that you have not committed to any kind of... Um, I a, wasn't aware that there was even discussion of, of, of some kind of moratorium on, on that. Brett is nowhere near as impenetrable as you, but um, I, you know, sometimes it's hard to... I, I find it very hard to tell. He's a very, very talented man, but I, I can never tell how he feels about things. So you guys should probably room together. I, I don't know. Should we stop saying that Brett's hurt? I think, I think it's very amusing, and I think it's, it's an honor to, 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 to us. No, we should stop, probably. You going to stop? I, I would I would be fine stopping. I didn't know that uh, there was all of a sudden I see on Twitter that I have agreed to a moratorium to stop. But I, you know I wasn't what, Dan, aware that, of that. That's my that's my fault. I spoke on your behalf, and I and I did not I did not mean to. Is I there a moratorium? <clears throat> well, I couldn't tell. He seemed kind of miffed, but I wasn't sure. You got to work with him, so we better stop. Okay, so anyway, we'll find out. We'll talk to Brett Terpstra and find out if we're supposed to stop saying that. <laughs> do it once. Do it once. No, now I don't want to do it. Now it's a, in the past. It's not funny anymore. It's stupid. See, what do you think, Jackals? How does that make you feel? It's stupid. And it's, like turn, it's like turning off the lights. Huh. Uh, but in, Hopefully uh, in, I'm not uh, following him on Twitter. If I am, I'm going to unfollow him. I got so mad that I wasn't following him on Twitter. And it's like, you know, which is... What is he, TF? That's like getting mad because somebody didn't look you up in a yearbook. It's like, I, I don't even understand that. But I, so I'm following Brett now, and I hope we're all fine on that. But uh, uh, you know what? In, in recompense, I do want to uh, make a shout out to something we've talked about before. This is not about Markdown. But it's about Markdown. He has a great app that I want to mention, um, free of charge, called Marked, MarkedApp.com. I won't go into huge detail on it because I know people hate when we talk about this, except yeah, for the people just who love un- it. just unfollowed him, so he's oh, off the boom. radar now. Ha-ha! <laughs> uh, but Mark, MarkedApp.com, uh, it's really great. It's a fantastic app because it runs independent of all of your text files, especially your non-lion-ruining text editors. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I think, you know, does that, have, does that screw you up, Dan, the whole like versioning thing? I'm so screwed up because now I, I love it as an idea, the versioning, but you can't have, is, this, is that nerdy to want to have your file open in three things at once? Is That's kind of nerdy, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's, I think it's ill-advised whether it's nerdy or not. 
But like, okay, like you like, I've listened to some of your programs and I know that you continue to use BB Edit and TextMate, for example. I do. That's true. Is there ever a time when you would want to, I mean, there's a lot of times when I I have something in notational velocity and TextMate Mm. and potentially somewhere else. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know, now, now, BB Edit, if you open up one of your Rails deals, you get your controller open and you start editing that in TextMate. Since BB Edit has the versioning, do you get updates or do you have to, you know what I'm talking about? It kind of it kind of steps on the update deal. Yeah. I, so you're saying if you're editing something in BB Edit, which is naturally going to be saving the revisions and the versions and you type something in and then you save it and you also have the same file open in another app that does not support the versioning and the updating what happens that's as, what in it, as in it works properly it works properly or it does not work properly do you get those you know what this is boring i never boring. do that this is boring this is boring i don't know because i never do it okay you never had the same file open in two or three no things. because i'm not completely insane oh i totally disagree a that you are insane uh and impenetrable but b <laughs> why like would i have two why would i have two apps on working on the same file it's you're just begging for some yeah, bad it's, it's like oh why would i need more than one electric outlet because <laughs> isn't it more expensive to have Hi, i'm marlin man i don't understand are they gonna charge me more for having the electric in every room i'm marlin man what about the That's all I company? need to say now i say that to, i say that around the house the cable company both my kids love it too much tv well, the reason I like that is that, you know, in the notational velocity, it takes care of that instantly because it's just, you know, something, something technical. Why, thing. Are, you, why are you working on the same file? Serious question. Why are you working Serious. on the same file in two different applications? Because I, uh, I really like the, the ease of creating links and doing a lot of automated markdown stuff inside of TextMate. But I like how quickly I can move between files. I'm not a big command T guy like you guys are. I do all of that in um, notational velocity. And so... Right. I do a lot of the capture stuff in notational velocity. I'll start a file in there into notational velocity. <laughs> Why lie? I need a beer. But I'll start something in notational velocity and then I hit command shift R or uh, control splat E to edit or more often command shift R and to reveal in Finder. Bang, open that up in TextMate, make some changes, hop back over because it's just so much easier. Now, now, Brett Terpstra has come up with a lot of... <laughs> I guess we're not stopping. Has come up with a lot of great stuff in Markdown services that'll do this. But no, it's not. It's not because I'm I'm a crazy person. It's just that there are some things that are better than others, right? I don't, you know, throw out my wrench because I got a nice hammer. And in this case, because they're just plain flat text files, this is one of the benefits that you get of, of text files. So in preparing these um, eighty-one lines for today's uh, file for this show, I uh, I jump back and forth frequently. Mm. But all I'm saying is, uh, so A, uh, sorry, Brett, uh, Terpstra, uh, Mark, Markdown is great. And the reason I mention here is there's a new, there's a new release of it that's uh, in review right now that's going to be pretty spectacular. He keeps, it's getting iterated very quickly. Check it out, Dan. It's really cool. You should get it. Yeah, I'll get it. Um, it's really, really good. And the point I'm trying to make why I like it, though, is that you can have that be a preview in multi-markdown, just running in its own independent window, even a floating window if you want, you can make all the changes in the world, and every time you save the file, that gets updated. You're no longer bound to the preview inside of TextMate, which maybe I've just configured it wrong, but it can be a real resource hog. If you're running a live preview where it updates every few seconds, multi-markdown can, becomes a crazy, you know, um, uh, selfish process. Like You get really, you know what I'm saying? If you watch, if you watch uh, the activity monitor, you'll see it pegs a lot because you just leave that open. Anyhow, uh, and in the case of Marked, it's only updating that when you save. And it has beautiful templates, and it even does columns. It's so great. Like, if you've got a really long document, he uses a responsive design that makes a number of column, columns that, that is very readable in however wide you make it, right? So 
it could be two columns. Too. Anyway, and the reason I mentioned it, he's added some really neat new features. I can't wait to see uh, things like some basic readability utilities, um, repeat word count, something that you could get right now in his Blogsmith blogging um, uh, bundle for TextMate. But anyway, uh, check out markdap.com by Brett Terpstra, and we're officially stopping as of a couple shows from now. That's all. Okay, so minute 15. I also want to give a plug uh, for uh, another plug for uh, something called Five by Five, which is some kind of an internet thing. I think it was a, you had you. Uh, I listened to um, to the Marco show, uh, the Groups show, and this Jaser show, and I thought they were all like particularly really good this week. They're all pr- probably a little bit too much about John Gruber, um, but I thought they were all really good. And I would just say that if you are the, one of the one or two people who listen to this show and not the other, this is a good week to start because I thought. Um, the JSR one was really long, but it was really good. Hmm. Was that the long one? That wasn't the yeah, two. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I think we did like a two hour. What did he talk about? Oh, he talked about Gruber, but he talked about other stuff too. And Marco, Marco seemed uh, he seemed happier this week. It, I guess they were cutting his rocks, but he sounded less 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 annoyed this week. And it was a really good, especially good Marco show. So, do you like your shows? You, you don't listen to them, though. No? Oh, no, I do actually listen to a lot of shows. You listen to this show? This one? Yes. This is okay. the one of my favorite ones to listen to. I don't listen to that other show you do. Okay, I'm not gonna talk about that. Um, I'm gonna skip over the Elvis Presley solo. Did you ever listen to that? The solo on that Elvis Presley song? No, no, I didn't. Okay, and then I want to talk about John Gruber. I wanted to have uh, uh, two minutes to talk about wh- wh- why I think people don't like John Gruber. Because okay. it was uh, that was I thought the Gruber episode, the the episode of the talk show where he talked about his visit on the Verge uh, was really interesting. Uh in addition to all the reasons that Gruber gave and other people gave for, for why they may not like John or call him uh, biased or any of those things. And, you know, I, I think he makes a pretty good case. I mean, I think the phrase I wish he would have said that I kept hearing in my head was, if you're, there's no such thing as bias if you're telling the truth. You're only biased if you're, if you're cherry-picking the truth. And you could certainly argue that John is cherry-picking the topics that he covers, but I, I don't think he cherry-picks the truth, because if you do reveal to him what he said that's untrue, he'll fix that. I think people who, who have a problem with that are sometimes being a little bit dishonest. Um, he also had, he had a link to something great today about the problem of, you know, um, what, what was that great article he had this morning on, um, not balance, but you know what I'm talking about? Did you see that this morning? I do, I do not know. It was terrific. I, I quoted from it. Uh, the View from Nowhere. It's on uh, During Firewall. It's at PressThink.org. But about the problem of uh, impartiality and how it's actually not only a myth, but a dangerous myth. Turns out. I think people, I think one reason John freaks people out or annoys people is because I, don't, I would not want to say that John is insular, but he has a very self-contained and hermetic world on Daring Firewall. And you could look, that, look at that as something like uh, he doesn't have comments. He very seldom um, responds unless he has a other, has another point to make. He very seldom gets in arguments with people on Daring Fireball. This goes back to something we talked about before, but like it or not, I think Daring Fireball is is kind of a hermetic world. It's John's world, and what he wants to be there will be there. I mean, I think sometimes in in ways that I'm not always thrilled with. I think that I think he could do a better job with things like Violinks. I know he's I know his policy on this. I just disagree with his policy on this. <laughs> he does lots of violinks when the person's famous, but he doesn't do it so much when it's like a nobody. But it's a hermetic world. And John John has an editorial voice where he chooses the stuff that he's going to put there. And again, you can agree or disagree with that. But I think that's part of it. Is he doesn't and I'm not this is neither a defense 
uh, nor a specific criticism, but I think that's in a world where people are used to getting to have an opinion on the place where the thing happened, I think that is extremely frustrating to people. The whole, the whole basis of a lot of this social media BS is this idea, again, that, that everybody's opinion is equally interesting and germane, and that it actually helps your page views. If you, uh, you, know, you get triple page views, if you get people coming in, even smart people. Um, and I, I have a feeling that, that that's part of, that's an, it's, a, it's a little kind of undertone to, to what people don't like about the John thing, is he doesn't go, no, I disagree with you. You said something mean to me. You know what I mean? Whereas some people, and a lot of people who I just cannot tolerate following or dealing with or anything, like look at the last week, right? I mean, yeah. why would you argue on the internet? Like, why would you do that? All people are, people aren't going to remember whether you won the argument. All they're going to remember is that you were kind of a dick who argued about something for a while. Yeah. That's what people will remember. You know, if you're on Twitter, um, regardless of how many followers you have, people aren't, people are going to mainly think you're yelling at them. They're not going to notice the at response to, to famous pundit. They're going to notice that you're somebody who yells a lot in public. So I don't know. I don't know if you have an opinion on that, but I, I think that's, that's for better or for worse. I think that's one reason John gets that rap is that like Apple, he picks his fights and he picks, he picks who he's going to even acknowledge as his competition. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I personally respect and like that. And I think it's in addition to him being one of the best writers I've ever met. I think it's what makes his site so compelling. I think there are a lot of people who get really defensive about things and uh, want to have a fight about it. But, you know, it, it, if you defend something that's right or defend something that's true, that you know to be true, then that actually makes your case seem uh, less valid. If you, you know, again, reality doesn't care what you think about it. It's just reality. <laughs> and if you disagree that what he's saying is not reality, we'll point it out and he'll fix it. So that's my thought on John Gruber. I'm not familiar with this work. Do you have a thought on that? No, I like uh, I like what you have to say. I think it's it's insightful, and I think you know it's always weird to me because whenever like John went on that uh, on the Verge show, and he, they you know Josh, uh, the host of the show, starts out by saying, "Oh, you know, so the people like he says, oh, we have John Gruber, and people applaud, and he's like shocked that they applauded. He's like, oh, <laughs> I, I was expecting more booze than that, you know, but." Like, that is always a weird thing to me. Like, the idea that there are people out there who are actively not liking somebody else. And and not because they hurt them in some way, not because they hurt somebody that they know or their family, not because they, uh, you know, created a law that in some way limits what the person is able to You You see where I'm going with that. Just the fact that that person exists and has a different opinion than them is enough for them to like actively want to uh, plague the person in some way or boo them if they make a, an appearance or that, mm-hmm. that people who were not fans of the show and of John Gruber and who are going to be supportive would like be at the event just to boo him. Those that concept to me doesn't, makes sense. And I think there, there are plenty of people who are actively not liking John and uh, probably us and, and, and tons of other people too. It, it, but it, that just, it seems like a foreign concept to me. I really don't understand that if I'm not interested or if I disagree or something, I usually I just to turn the thing off. Uh, but uh, so the idea that, yeah, he's got a website. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a one way thing. It's, it's his writing put out there. 
in a world where there is the expectation that the internet and blogs and writing on the internet is at, at a minimum a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And Daring Fireball is very much, it's, it's one way. It's his stuff, he's publishing it. And that's the end of it. Now, 20 years ago, 100 years ago, this, that was just normal. You publish something and you put it out there. And if people disagreed, they would publish something that disagreed with it. And I think in academia, in old school stuff, that's still very much the way it is. I think Daring Fireball is uh, holding is a holdout type of a site. It's the old way of doing things. It doesn't mean it's outdated. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just it's mm-hmm. the older way of doing it. Absolutely. And I um, one of the he says numerous. I thought really smart things because I happen to like the kinds of things that he says. That's my you know bias, I guess. But he said something I thought was uh, summed it up well, which is that <clears throat> the only the only way people are gonna I'm paraphrasing this, but the only way people are ever gonna feel that what you do is balanced is if at least half the time you say something they agree with. So I mean, what is it that what is it that makes that sensible? What <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, if. You know, if you're going to be out in a public forum, I think you have to accept that there are just going to be people who are not into what you do. And certainly there will be people who actively don't like what you do. I would like to say that I am free of that. But I can think of at least three or four people who I actively, whose work I actively dislike because I personally consider it dangerous. And you can certainly guess who a couple of those people are. I wish I could say that I'm totally free of that. Um, but, but you are right. I mean, it is really just typing. It's all, it's all people who have electricity and a computer and they're typing. (laughs) It's, there's nothing about this that it's not like you're in a trench in World War One, what holding your buddy's guts in. Like you're, you're mad because somebody doesn't like your computer and you should spend probably the rest of the year really thinking about how insane that is, Jim. But here's the other thing, and I would—I'm not about to try and compare myself to John because he's—he's far the better writer and thinker than I am. But that's kind of how I feel about Twitter. It's—it's not manageable for me to use Twitter as a way to have a conversation with people because anything I—I say is going to be heard by more people than the person for whom it was intended. And sometimes that's really useful, you know. If I want to talk about something like what's a good topic for the show, but. I've never made any secret of the fact that I look at Twitter as a personal publishing platform. Um, if I want to, uh, for, for things like, uh, I guess, a, a social media or some kind of like social network, I have, uh, I have things called friends that I can talk to. And these are the people where I can email them or I can text them. This is nothing against the wonderful people who are kind enough to put up with my crap on Twitter. But like, I, I just don't feel the need to have public conversations with my friends. Like, if they're my friends... I don't know. I've just I'm, maybe I'm too old for that. Maybe it's missed my generation. But I mean, for me, that's it's a publishing platform, and so people are certainly free to comment on whatever I say. I mean, I wouldn't put it there if they weren't free to comment on it. But that's what John's doing too. It's part of a very old tradition called blogging, where you you say things and you own it in your place. And then if people can want to say something about it, well, if you have comments enabled, that's fine. But you know, a great way to do it would be you go talk about that in your place. Or even better still, don't worry about reacting to me. Worry about like what matters a lot to you. You know, if you're worrying so much about what somebody else thinks, uh, how are you ever going to figure out what your message in that is, right? See also Syracuse and what's wrong with Microsoft? What ails Microsoft? Uh, nothing, not, not, not to beat up on Microsoft, but if you spend the rest of your life just reacting to what you think other people are doing, you're not going to be a happy person. You're going to be somebody who spends a lot of time um, fretting 
about what you're missing in terms of your brand management. Uh, and I think that's no way to live, personally. So enough about that guy. Michelle, <sighs> Elvis Presley, anything else on that? I, I, you know, it sounds fancy, but I, I don't know. If, if, you, if, you like, if you like somebody, then you know what? Hang out with them. Get to know them. But, you know, you don't need to put every photograph of them on, on, on Facebook. Like what? <laughs> like sometimes you just can have relationships with people and people don't need to know about that. Now, I break that rule when you send me a funny text and I put it up on the website. But, you know, we, we do have, you and I do have a public relationship as well as a private one, the one we don't tell our wives about. <laughs> but it's true. I, I think these are troubled waters that we're navigating. And it's, it's perplexing to me that people can be so worried about Facebook privacy and, and Google privacy and all these other things and be equally perplexed by why somebody would want to own their own web property. And, you know, and, and that may not be the same person. I could be doing a total straw man here. But like to me, that's, I, I don't see how that's incompatible at all. I still understand why people don't have their own websites for stuff. Like Tumblr to me still is like a very dicey proposition. I really do like the community of people that I follow and who follow me on Tumblr. I really genuinely enjoy that. Yeah. And that's a place where you can respond by making a post about something rather than just going, you know, thanks for the follow or fail, which, you know, I think some people must have as shortcuts, you know, in their thing. But anyway, that's right. about that stuff. All right. You'll be all right? Me? Yeah, need to lay down? I probably should lay down. 28 minutes. Oh, my Christ. All right. We should, we should uh, get, to the, get to the meat of this. Is there one? There's, there's meat. Okay. Do you want to hear the meat? Yes. Hmm. Let me see that or hear that. You ever seen the movie um, The Hudsucker Proxy? Yes. Now, people have strong feelings about that. What's your, what's your feeling on The Hudsucker Proxy? It, as much as I regret to say this, it was not memorable enough to leave very much of an impression on me. Okay, well, let's keep moving. Um, so uh, if you want to go, go, go to Slash Admin and go look at the... Uh, actually, you know what? I'll send it to you in the robot. I'll send this to you in the robot. I already have, um, I have all the links uh, up. Are you already the in there? Okay. Oh, yeah. um, uh Sometimes I don't want to be me, especially if I go somewhere and I have to fill out some kind of bonehead form that's obviously going to earn me uh, the newsletter. And I want to tell you how I use uh, 1Password to do that. May I do that? Yes. Okay. So uh, go to here, Dan, and the others will see this. Yeah. <laughs> Not counting the mezzanine. <laughs> um, there's a really cool thing in 1Password uh, called uh, Identities. I'm going to open up my one password. So you go in and like, say you've got your browser, right? You got your browser and you go in and you have all of your information, right? Like for me, I'll go in and I'll have all my kind of like business information. Like here's my PO box and here's this information and all this kind of stuff. You can get that inside of a lot of browsers and that's pretty cool. Personally, I find the interface for that a little bit confusing sometimes because <laughs> in, in my experience, browsers that remember for quote unquote autofill sometimes remember way too much. Like, I, I, like, for example, I recently flipped that on in Chrome and now it's remembering all the URLs I've typed into our CMS, your mm, CMS. Yeah. Which is frustrating because now I end up fighting autofill. Yeah, it's there. Well, personally, I, I usually turn that off and I use 1Password for this. So there's my home life, there's my work life. Um, and not only can 1Password remember all of this stuff and then autofill things like forms on command, but it can also remember things like from now on when I register for things, I always use this username. Always, if I have the option, use this reminder question and reminder answer, et cetera. Right. So 
I just want to say, first of all, that's a fantastic piece of functionality that I use constantly. You can even have, you could fill in with all of your home address information and then also use your wallet to go and fill in your credit card info. And in my experience, it doesn't step on it too much. It's, it's, it's super useful. But so identities in one password. Uh, did, you get, uh, did you pull up that uh, image there? I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. Head. Drop that in. Drop, I like that. Head. Drop. That's the best. <laughs> drop that. He's the head of a radical splinter group. Can you drop that in for the nerds? <laughs> yeah. Go to show notes. Uh, Dan, you want to mention show notes? Uh, people can go to, this is a meta, a meta ad, but go to uh, B2W slash 46. Yeah. 5x5.tv right? slash B2W for back to work slash 46 for the episode number. And all the links that we discuss uh, during the the show will be there. Nicely organized and categorized, including our. Uh, so I've got I've got I've got images. an identity in here with all my correct information for Merlin Man the person. I've got one for Merlin Man the dude with the PO box. But then for all the times that I have to be somebody, and you know what I'm talking about, in order to get this newsletter white paper PDF, like you got to go enter in this information so they can send you the newsletter that you don't want, right? And so. Uh, one of my favorite extremely minor characters from a Coen Brothers film is Thor Stenson Finlanson, who is the head of a radical splinter group in um, the Hudsucker Proxy. And so, Dan, you can see here, uh, first name, last name, he's a male. Uh, he was born uh, on the Unix date, January 1st, 1970. He's, his occupation is disgruntled investor. Uh, he lives in the U.S. Specifically, he lives at 1581 Slip Boulevard, um, which is actually an Arby's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> near my house. Hence, address line to attention, Mr. Beef and Cheddar. So anytime I go in and fill that, um, I, it's got a bit a bunch of fake info. The yes, that is the number for Arby's. Please don't call them. But I go and I fill all that in. And now I go, oh, is it command slash or one of the slashes? Sorry, Sir Kisa. And it fills that right in. And I'm good to go. I'm done. I've got what I need. I've got a, uh, a shake and bake email address in there that I use. Yeah, do people know, does everybody know about how you can do plus something in Gmail? I think so. Okay. If you take your name and then plus sign and something else, it still works. It's a great way to... So an example of this would be if you wanted to set up kind of a special email that you, I wouldn't say throw away, but something you could later tag or uh, or maybe mark as spam automatically or just something you, if you don't want to give a robot your real mm-hmm. email address, you could do Marlin plus, <laughs> you know, garbage at gmail.com. Com and it would it would still get to you yeah but it would so so let's say that you sign up for Netflix and you don't want them to have your real Netflix you would say this Marlin not, plus way, Netflix this is not, this is not bulletproof but it's it's a good way to have a first level of tracking where your spam comes from so if I yeah. go Marlin plus Arby's because I want the new Arby's white paper on uh, Q3 right. uh, vis-a-vis mobile uh, Nokia I uh, then I, as soon as I get email I can now you know grab for whatever search for you know, plus Arby's to find any BS email and know where it came from. Funny thing. Anyway, I just mentioned this because uh, this identity thing is great. It's one of the many things that one password does that I love. That's that's kind of non-obvious. Where where Van Hoot's going to go through? You know, this is not possible with the the dot flummox file or whatever. Okay, I understand. But but uh, to me, this is super useful, and I uh, end up using this not very often. But when I do, I'm super glad it's there. Um, it has one password can hold all your logins. It can hold all of your generated passwords. Uh, we talked to Dan before about how it can hold all of your licenses for software securely. Right. It's all there in there. So I just wanted to mention that because, um, you know, we could do tons on 1Password because it's the best. And they've also uh, done probably the greatest landing page of all time. 
for our show. Did you know that? Yes. This, is, this has been, the, the feedback on this has been very good. If you go to agilebits.com slash B2W, uh, you will be, I hope, pleasantly surprised. So that's, that's the right address, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. These guys are pros. They, they, they don't take web pages down. It's all still up. Yeah, it's still up. Still up. God, it's handsome. That is really handsome. Agilebits.com slash B2W. You go in there and uh, through the month of 12 of December, you get 40% off anything that they've got. It includes one password for Mac. Look at that. They got the one password for the Windows. How about that? Neat. Who knew? Huh. Who knew? But why not? A, okay. Is that a .dll? Is that what do you call that? It's not a .bat. That's a batch file. Hmm. Um, you need this. Uh, I made a funny video in there that you can watch, but uh, identity is just one of the many wonderful things you can do with one password. Uh, have you ever done that before, Dan? Do you do identities? I am going to start, but I would like some real-life use cases for identities. Real-life use cases. Well, the basic, the basic use case that I, that I use three times a day is you go somewhere and you have to fill in a form. And um, it, in my experience, it tracks pretty well to most standard fields. Like it gets it right. So you go in, you go to a page and it's got, hey, fill out this form. This time of year, uh, the holiday season, you got to, you know, still have to go and like register, put, you know, put stuff in there. Okay, here's, so one use case, obviously, is you go somewhere where you've got to put your real information in. Bang. You hit that key and it says, okay, which one of these identities do you want to put in? And I would go Merlin Home Guy. Um, you know what else you could do though? Like you could put in uh, like your wife's info or you could put in any kind of info. Yeah. You could put the address information and contact information for anything. It just doesn't have to be real you or fake you. Anything that you have to do over and over with regard to a person and a place, you can have that in there. Even if you never don't use it more than a couple times a year, it still saves you that time. It's still less to think about. Um, but you mean as far as the fake identity? It's just, yeah. I really hate, I really, it drives me bananas when like, especially, the, you know, like anytime you want to try software, this is just my point of view, but like, well, you want to just go try this software. Like, this might suck. This is probably going to suck, but I'll try it. Okay, well, would you like to sign, just sign up for our newsletter and then verify your email address to get this hobbled version of, you know, you get that all the time. So, you know what, dude, I'm, I'm not going to like get on your mailing list. You haven't even let me try your software. Why would I want to be on you? That's like going to McDonald's and going like, you're not allowed to order until you agree to watch this video. No, just give me the burger and let me leave. And I'll come back if it's good. It's called an analogy. I like it a lot. We've talked too much. Uh, one mm. password. Please go to agilebits.com slash B2W. 40% off. I, I don't think, uh, you know, it resolves to uh, what the attribute there uh, is pencil. I don't think you even need the pencil code anymore. You just, you just get it. It's like a store. It's a, a store on a page. That's it. <laughs> angry um how you doing oh, i should probably lay down our thanks uh to agile bits one password and really to the whole country of canada for supporting five by five and back to work <sighs> you don't have any shows after this today we could probably go four hours right yeah well as long as you want to go yeah you gotta plug your tree in probably we finally got the tree done we got it up got it up you know what the first ornament on the tree was i'm not happy about this dan mater Really? That was the not very lo- first one. Not loving that. Could have been the Bumble. Mm. Could have been Phineas and Ferb and Perry on the roller coaster. Uh, it could have been one of my treasure childhood ornaments. No, Mater. And it's like Mad Mater. It's Angry Mater. It's, it's Cars 2 Mater. I don't like Angry Mater. I don't think, I don't think Cars should have guns. Hmm. Okay, I have five ideas for topics. Guns don't kill people. Cars kill people. Oh, look at me. I'm Brad Bird. Right, it's pronounced Burgess. Oh, I think you're thinking of the penguin. She went to school with a Burgess. 
Uh, first name, last name. Indeed. Okay. Now, you're saying that last chapter should not have been in Clockwork Orange or should have been? You know, it's... If, if you see soon, the movie first... No, no. If you see the movie first, uh, then it feel the last chapter feels wrong. It feels like a cop-out. And if you read the book first and see the movie, I would think it might feel like something was, yeah. was left out. It, it, totally. It's, it's why they, I, I think uh, Landis should never have put that car chase scene in Barry Lyndon. First of all, it's very hard. The lighting on that is very difficult. <laughs> you know, they had to borrow a lens from NASA. And they had to keep <laughs> Just to it. make that, to make it. And to keep throwing it at Ryan O'Neill said, you know, someday you're going to be real with Farah. It's very complicated. That was NASA alone in that. NASA. <sighs> it was running, running like an eighth of an inch from Ryan O'Neill's head. Five topics. You know what? You tell me what you want to do. Here's my five topics. Um, uh, my problem with New Year's resolutions. Uh, number two, the issue of stress. Number three, some blogs I like. Four, why I kind of hate the whole minimalism thing. And five, something about music's Florida, music Florida and hope. Minimalism. The problem with New Year's resolutions. Stress. <laughs> blogs I like. Why I kind of hate the whole minimalism thing. That one. Can we do music Florida and hope? No, I'm not prepared. Not now. Not now. No, no, no. No, soon. Later. Okay. Okay. Next week, can we maybe do resolutions? Because, you know, I got a twist on that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I mean, it's your show. You do whatever you want to do. You know what? Thank you. Thank you. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you want to do. Did I miss Kwanzaa this year? I think I missed Kwanzaa. (sighs) See, I don't, I'm going to get in trouble if we talk about the minimalism thing. Is that, that, but that topic interests you? I'm interested because I think um, I think today, 2011, there is uh, there's a lot of talk about minimalism and Zen, and we've hinted, sort of, kind of talked about the whole Zen issue uh, when it's taken on a meaning, at least in the West, at least in this country, that has nothing to do with true minimalism and has nothing to do at all with Zen. Although I know you didn't bring up Zen. Um, and I would love to hear your critique or attack on, on the minimalism movement. I hope it's not strictly an attack. I would like it's... for it to be, and I would like okay. to hear it. I can do that. I can attack anything. I know. Say hi to your wife. The, um, that's not even funny, Dan. <laughs> no, it is. That. It's kind of funny, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll smell my glasses. The, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do you ever get those, uh, you know, lenses put in? Uh, I have a, I have an appointment to get that done on Friday. Don't be creepy. You're going to get dilated? Hmm? You're going to get dilated? I don't know. What kind of pants should I wear? How many centimeters? (laughs) Oh, I think they have to. And then you got to wear this Don Knotts sunglasses. (laughs) You know what? They actually have an alternative now. Not every place has it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) but they have some kind of, (laughs) they have some kind of device that, shines a laser into your eye then you can... that sounds like a nice alternative <laughs> i hope whoa, you try whoa, that whoa, out whoa. and put come the drops back and... away put those drops away give me a laser yeah they've been using yeah. it over in the uk they say it's completely safe you gotta pay a license fee on it <laughs> i'm sure okay um uh i have a lot of i have a short outline here i would i i almost think uh if, i'll start if you want but i'm interested you this is a bee in your bonnet the zen thing and i think it is definitely related uh, I think we're talking about very similar things here. Do you want to start or do you want me to? I would like for you to begin since it is your show. Oh my God. I am full of Mary Anger. Mm, Mary Anger. That's one of my favorite Nick Lowe songs. I, um, do you know about Rockpile? 
Yes, this is where you take a jar yes. and every task that you want to complete becomes a pebble in the jar and you every time you complete a task you take the pebble out until okay. you can fill the jar with water and measure the surface space that way. I don't care whether that's true or made up. That was fantastic, Dan. You haven't now, heard what about of this? rice what about rice paper? If you can walk on the rice paper without mm-hmm. making a sound, you may mm-hmm. leave the monastery. Okay, but you still got to get the tattoos from the hot pot. Yes. That always looks so painful. I would do it. Hate tattoos. Do it in a heartbeat. Uh, My bona fides on this are strong. I I have for a long time been a believer, uh, I I dare say a popularizer of the idea that you should remove unnecessary distractions. uh, That if there are things that are getting in the way of you doing the stuff you want to do, I don't know. I might be, I might be, you know, doing revisionist history here, but I've always felt strongly about that. Uh, for a long time, uh, one of the better known things I had done was a video for MacBreak, uh, you know, MacBreak video version, where I showed Leo how I, I had made my distraction-free desktop, like with the black background and hide the menu bar and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, and, and I have to say, even today, like, I just don't love having rotating pictures of mountains and flowers on my background. Because, you know, it, it feels unnecessary. It burns a lot of cycles, um, literally. And uh, it's... It, to me, it's crufty, right? Like I, I like I like simple programs. I like I I like the Mac aesthetic, right? Just because it's I think just on an aesthetic level, I really like it. And I think, at least for myself, yes, it does help to have less rather than more stuff going sometimes. So I, I don't have a I don't have a problem with that. Just like I don't have a problem with doing anything that helps you improve your work. Like if it works, great, you know. But then once it works, how much more of that do you really need? How much blacker, to, not to call it Final Tap, but how much blacker can your black background be, right? Do you really need five different applications for hiding, hiding your menu bar? Does that, is this a direction that you really want to go? You know, to, to spoil the ending, I think the ultimate minimalism is knowing when you've got enough minimalism to just do your goddamn work and stop worrying about how minimal you are. <laughs> I'm not against that aesthetic. Um, my concern with the minimalism stuff is, um, I think it's, somewhere between a MacGuffin and a meta distraction, right? So there's this, you know, there's the Hitchcock thing, right? We've talked about this too many times, but I'm probably misusing that term. But, you know, in every Hitchcock movie, there's like what you think the movie is going to be about that gets your attention. And then there's what the movie's really about. And um, I I think that's what this can be. It starts out as this thing that feels like a really useful thing because you perceive yourself as this person who has a certain aesthetic and maybe the kind of person who just likes having uh, an empty desk. Or maybe you're the kind of person who just simply has a Marco-style aesthetic of like, I don't want to scratch on anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I I think you certainly can get into a cult of that that gets in the way of actually doing any substantial work. And that's why I call it a meta-distraction. As we've certainly covered at length, there is a... There's a lot of interest in... things like distraction-free writing environments or uh, trying to do the sorts of things that will let you focus on your work and not on your not work. So I don't want to go overboard on that because we have talked about that a lot. And I'll just restate for the record that to me, if, if it's a distraction, then you don't care enough about the thing you're being distracted from. Like the only thing that can be a distraction is, is something that seems more important than this other thing. And, and it's really more a problem of attention and care than it really is distraction. I mean, if somebody's like cutting rocks in front of your house, like Marco, well, 
I guess, yeah, I guess that could be a distraction. You could put on headphones or whatever. But if you find the internet to be a distraction, again, after the end of the year, for maybe the first two weeks of January, really think about that a lot. Because the problem is not that you're distracted by the internet or you're distracted by this background. The problem is you don't care enough about the thing that you're doing to just overlook the fact that there's this other thing going on, right? Again, if you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're having intercourse, you're, you're very likely to be distracted by many things. If you have to go change your desktop in order to have the intercourse, then you need to like intercourse more, or you need to just go back and uh, work on your desktop because I don't think those are compatible. Um, but the, there's the two parts of this that that keep sticking in my crop personally, and and this is nothing against anybody. I'm, everybody should get to do the thing they're happy with, right? Blah blah, but. I think it is. I think that when you get so fixated on minimalism as, or as opposed to what I have called appropriateism, uh, you can you can spend so much time trying to keep reminimalizing and then fetishizing all this porn about minimalism, and and to me that's where this gets a little stupid for myself, you know, and, and like the galleries of people's dis, like minimalist environments, these arid environments where there's like an iMac. And it's and there's nothing else on the desk. Have you seen these? Yeah, it's a very popular topic, and I mean, God love them. People just love you know having these environments where, where there's nothing going on except maybe there's a beautiful picture of a rock or a mountain on the screen, right? But there's there's not there's no stuff, and and that has become I don't want to call it a cult because that is very that's a very denigrating thing to say. But there is certainly a lot of interest in people talking about things like minimalism and distraction-free stuff and these minimalist environments. Would you, would you agree? I would. Um, and I'm not the first person to say this, but isn't it weird that there's never, pick a, there's never a person in those photographs working their ass off? There's always a photo of this thing that looks like a museum or a Duran Duran It looks, Duran very, it looks uncomfortable. Well, like you wouldn't looks, want to be in that in, in, environment. No, that's why I say it looks like a Duran Duran video. It looks like an early Duran Duran video, except for the bad dancing. Let me tell you. Let me tell you white. about something. Let me tell about something. Yeah. Tell me about something. Guy uh, named Ray Bradbury. Ever heard of this? Yeah, he did the uh, the John Carter of Mars, right? Mars things. <laughs> the guy. If you've ever seen Martian Pic- Chronicles, Martian Chronicles, Martian Chronicles. Okay bunch of other things about spacemen if you read amazing author great author loved loved reading his books he used to uh there used to be this great picture i used to have up i wonder if i still have it and uh it shows a picture of him in his office you know where he sits and he writes and it is like you you know just piles and piles of paper books crap you know, an old T-Rex, you know, just like a skeleton of a bird. I mean, tons of, just all <laughs> thrown together. It's kind of like that picture of your desk, really. Yeah. And this is a guy who could crank out short stories and novels. The point is, he had no problem not being distracted with tons of crap all over everything. Now, right. that's the way that he works. That's not how everybody's going to work, Right. But mm-hmm. the point is, if you're interested in what you're doing, it doesn't matter whether you have like a metal, you know, a brushed metal surface with, you know, the iMac and no wires visible or whether somebody came and dumped, you know, a pile of old 
papers and books and crap all over your desk. If you're interested in what you're doing, you, you can pretty much just sit down and get to work. And the idea that having an environment that is minimalist or Zen or something somehow uh, allows your pure creative juices to begin to flow, you know, I mean, maybe that helps somebody, but if you need that to be able to be creative or you, 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 you know, I mean, certainly having a messy office for me is not something I want. I want everything to be clean, organized, but you know what, if it's not, and if there's a four-year-old running around the house yelling, I have to figure out how to get some work done. And right. the idea that, well, I must have this kind of music playing, and if there is a scratch on the desk, I will need to find another workspace. Now, to me, it just it, that's, not, that's not real life. We live in a completely fabricated, constructed, man-made environment that is totally unnatural for us. We're supposed to be outside where things are dirty. And the idea that it is required of us to be in this completely, you know, white space from the, you know, the pod bay of uh, the discovery, <laughs> you know, w- that's not natural for us. That's you not. Like, you become like Mo in Wally. Yeah, it's you not just, a good. And he's <laughs> he spent you know, all day just sweeping up. You know. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not doing so hot till the end of the movie. Whoa, 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 whoa! And you know, and that's the thing is that. It, it's it's preposterous to me that there are people who they so get into this of having things just so that, and you know, here we get into the Buddhist philosophy where you would say, well, Buddhists, of course, Zen and minimalism, sure, but they're not clinging to that. They're not saying that that is important and the goal. They're saying that eliminating of things Sure, it might help you concentrate, but learn how to concentrate here where there is nothing to distract you so that when you're back in the real world, you can still concentrate. You're practicing. It's like exercise. It's like exercise. Mm, that's good. That's if, really you're, good. if you're going to go out there and run, you're in training. You, you, you want to train and get into top shape so that when you're actually out there on the, the gridiron or when you're running your marathon or whatever it is that you're doing, that you're you're prepared and you've mastered whatever that skill is you master it in a way that there are no uh, distractions you master it in a in a perfect space and then you go out in the real world and see if you can still do it mm-hmm. i think that's that's really good and put much smarter than i could put it I, I don't disagree with any of that i think uh to take that point a little further i mean i, I think it it would be Easy, but a little bit dishonest for me to say, oh, you have to have a messy desk to show that you're working hard. I, well, first, like, and I'm not saying you're saying that, but like, I, I think that makes just about as little sense as you have to have a clean desk to work hard. And this is why I made that crack about appropriateism. <laughs> like, you need whatever you need. Like, go figure that out. That's part of becoming pro, right? Figure out what you need. Get the tools that you need, but then use the tools, right? So, I mean, I don't have, I don't have an objection on any level to, uh, to helping people find what they need to do their work. The objection that I have is in turning that into a, an industry or a cult, right? And, and in the same way that I would never advise a young writer uh, to go out and, uh, and, and buy Mickey Spillane's hat or, or to buy, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, uh, William Burroughs' laudanum. I mean, that, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a wonderful series. Uh, we should find this. George Plimpton, um, when he was with the Paris Review, 
uh, did this wonderful series of interviews with writers. And they're, they're all up, I hope still up, but they're fantastic. He goes and he talks to a bunch of writers about how they work. And one of the <laughs> most fascinating ones is with Hemingway, who first of all, I don't want to spoil it for you, but Hemingway is so... He, he's really kind of mean to George Plimpton because it becomes clear that he thinks that his ability to write is, 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 almost, is almost magical. That there, if he talks, essentially that if he talks about the mojo of how he is able to produce what he produces, it might just go away. Right. Jinx, so, jinx it. And of course, anybody who's read Hemingway can tell you that it's a very, not only a very muscular, <laughs> minimalist style of writing, it's a very, no, you know what I mean? He has a very economical, understated, you know, the elephant was white. The boat was rowed. I rowed the <laughs> boat. The man, you know, and so on and so forth. Of course, he wouldn't do it transitively, so I screwed it up. But, but here's what's funny: when you go and read this, and it's him in his place in Cuba, and Plimpton's area, and the place, it, he might as well have just decorated the place with giant cocks. The entire place is filled with weird masculinity. It's like everything's a zebra skin, or his ottoman is made out of a, an elephant. You know, who went to college? Like everything in there is crazy, and there's guns and there's fishing stuff. And isn't it hilarious though that the the environment in the environment, the place where he worked, he had this one little like a board that he wrote on that was like a foot square because there was so much junk on his desk. But that was that became the place where he did his work. But he he was most comfortable as this incredibly insecure man who was worried about his mojo every day surrounded by all of this ridiculous masculinity that he was that became part of this world where he was constantly reproving i'm not i'm not a hemingway biographer but it strikes me that this is somebody who was a very masculine masculine guy but he also had to be surrounded by reminders of what he'd done to reinforce his own masculinity Mm. it strikes me and i don't know if that's true but if that worked hey great you know he managed to push out some uh, pretty okay novels and stories nothing wrong with that so I guess what I'm saying, though, is just thinking that because, because you're a, a cockless wiener who can't manage to produce any prose, going out and buying a lion skin anything is going to help you write more is asinine. And it's all part of this larger mythology. It's the same thing as the barefoot girl smoking cigarettes by her typewriter you know, on Tumblr. Like that, it's porn. It's a kind of pornography. Right. Because it's, it's, not, even, it's not even a super satisfying uh, kind of uh, intellectual intercourse. It's really just jacking the mean bone about what you wish you were doing instead of actually doing it. So I'm probably being melodramatic about that, but whether it is the minimalism thing or whether it is the I have to have a messy desk thing, I think those, not for everybody, but especially when you're starting out, those can be extremely distracting because, you know, you can watch somebody and like, I couldn't sleep the other night. So I ended up, reading uh, this thing Gruber linked to about uh, uh, Penn uh, Penn and Teller and this magic magic trick that Teller has been mastering for all these years. It's this incredibly simple trick. but So I ended up watching all these videos of their magic tricks, which are amazing, their illusions. And uh, I I don't know. It's just so weird because what is it it an illusionist does? The job of an illusionist is to do something and and just make it look easy. If it doesn't look easy, they're they're not a good illusionist. But to think that you can actually do the catching a bullet trick by shooting a three fifty seven at somebody in Las Vegas is probably not a great place to start. You have to understand that there's a lot that went into that and that maybe there was a trick, but that's a trick that they rehearsed. You're not, you will shoot your friend in the mouth and they will die if you try to do that trick because you didn't understand how it was done. You just saw the performance of that. When you see the performance of somebody who does a dance, do you have any idea how many hours they went through to get that? When you see the polished version of a of a 
a book or an article or whatever that finally made it out, you can see that that person worked really hard to get to there. So I don't want to sound opposed to people finding the tools and stuff that works for them. We've rehashed this a million times. I, um, but the one point I really want to underscore again at the risk of repeating myself is that the removal of distraction can very quickly become its own distraction. Right? I mean, let's even say you care a lot about the thing. But if you're at the point where you're still worried about removing distractions, like how will you ever remove all of those distractions if the meta distraction of removing the distractions is all <laughs> looming large? What could be a bigger distraction than trying to remove all distractions? Yeah. It's like saying, I want to I get all the hydrogen out of my water. It's like, well, okay, let me know how that goes. You know? Um, and then, you know, and just honestly, and this is the meanest thing I'll say this week, but then I, I, I am a little bit put off by the cult of blogs that then make this into something that has to be 12 blog posts a day. In the same way that I, I have troubles with Lifehacker trying to help you with 50 posts a day or whatever, there's something troubling to me about trying to tell people to make their life simpler by pushing out a whole lot of blog posts. I, I like a lot of people who do those sites, but that just bugs the crap out of me. I, you know what? It's, and partly it's because I feel like I've had a complicity in, in, in uh, implying that that is okay by having a productivity site that used to have a high volume of posts. I like to think I do a better job of that by having mostly abandoned my site. But I don't think that helps people. If you take somebody who's procrastinating and give them 43 tips on procrastination, I'm not, you know, it's like, when, when, are you, when are you done with that? So I'm not sure of the direction in this, but in the Zen thing, Dan, the Zen, oh, the Zen. When, when, did, that, when did that become, when did that become <laughs> such, such a ridiculous catch-all term? You know, I don't know. I remember, I remember commercials where, you know, there's two ladies sitting on a, a couple chairs and, they're having some kind of Zen chocolate snack that they are having their Zen moment while eating the chocolate or something. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. You know, that almost, it it bugs you the same way that whenever there is the sort of stereotypical image of the person, air quotes, meditating, you know, they're <laughs> sitting Indian style on the floor doing like an upside down OK symbol with each hand sitting on each knee. <laughs> And smiling and smiling. She's smi her hair is in a ponytail and she's smiling a little bit. Wearing the yo on on a yoga mat. Wearing. Dan, please, please tell me you, you you've looked at the link I just sent you. Let me see here. The Kung Fu Grip one. Oh yeah, yeah. Go to that link. I'm there. Yeah. So that's uh, what is that? It's forty forty uh, forty three simple ways to simplify your life. <laughs> No, because, you know, that's, that's the stock art. You've got to have a stock art, you know, if it's yeah. going to be all about... But here's, here's the ironic part of this. Like, it's funny to me that um, of all the cultural things that you could grab, that, that people choose <laughs> to wrap their head around Zen. Like, you know, you, you, don't, you don't talk about your lifestyle being Yahtzee. That's, that's the picture, man. That's the picture. It's the canonical picture. Well, you know, I stopped doing it. For a while I had a Tumblr <laughs> I was trying to do under a fake name uh, called Simplify Your Zen Hacks. <laughs> and I believe it's still available at zen, 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 zen com. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, that's the frustrating part to me because to your point though, Dan, I mean, could there, are, are there many practices in the world apart from like wearing a hair shirt and beating yourself that require <laughs> more mental and physical strength than Zen? I mean, it's long. I, I know you're not a practitioner, but isn't it fair to say it's, it's a tremendous am amount of focus and resolution to do something extremely difficult for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they're, the, 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 the people who are deeply into Zen meditation will do it for decades and will begin to understand what it means. And, 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 there's, and so what do you call it? Uh, the Satori? No, what's it called? What's the moment of enlightenment? What's it called? 
Well, it, I don't I don't know that term for it, but is that right? Let me look that up. But here's the funny part. So you go and you pick up uh, was it Zen Flesh Zen Bones, or you go pick up any of those pithy, fun, you know, the classic like Zen stories. Yeah. You know, look at look at the uh, look at the moon, not my finger pointing at the moon. Right. And then suddenly the acolyte had complete enlightenment. Right. And but it's funny because if you go and pick up that and by have you read that one? You ever read Zen? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Is it called? Zen. It's really it's Zen flesh, Zen bones. Yeah, that's, what it's called? that's it. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Zen flesh, Zen bones, them dry bones. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Zen bones connected to the dishwasher bone. Nice. <laughs> Zen bones, Zen bones. Zen in in bones. the show notes. In the show notes. Ten bucks boom. from Amazon. But here's the thing. <laughs> boom. Here's the thing, though. You go and read one of those, and what happens? It's 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 like a child's riddle book, right? But like in every one of these short little pithy stories, with some kind of an ooh twisty paradoxical that can't really be thing that's supposed to blow your mind. And the acolyte has enlightenment. That's like get, having a child's riddle book that's nothing but like three hundred punchlines, or or it's like it's like a book full of spoilers because the, when. If it's my understanding that in that at that when you're playing at that level in that kind of meditation, it could take you, as you say, a really long time yeah. <laughs> to get to the point where the punchline really makes sense. And even when it does make sense, you probably didn't really understand it. And that's why the guy hits you with the stick. There's a lot of stick hitting in Zen. <laughs> now, what's the kneeling on rice? Is that Zen? If you can walk on rice paper without tearing it, okay. You will but know the tattoo is optional. Silently, only God can judge me. We should move on. But I agree with you. It's, that, that's why it's so hilarious to me. And that's why I say if I were a Zen guy, I would be, be hitting these people with a stick all the time. Because I think the reason that they, they, there's a couple reasons that they hit you with the stick. Not everybody gets hit with the stick all the time. Just blowing off steam. But the one of the things that they would do in the, the Zen, you know, if you're, if you're there and like, for example, place you could go, San Francisco Zen Center. I don't know if they still do this. Choose by the door. Boom. You're supposed to sit uh, in a, you know, People, uh, I think, don't understand that there's a certain like posture and a certain way you're supposed to sit, and you're supposed to sit full lotus, which means that essentially your feet are on your lap. In other words, your one foot or neither foot is actually touching the ground. It's sort of just your knees and mm-hmm. uh, and your butt, basically. And one of the other things that they would do is that the guys would be walking around with that that wooden stick, and they would actually slide the thing like under your uh under your where your feet would be if you were not really sitting in full lotus which they can't necessarily see because you're wearing these robes or whatever they make you wear and they would slide this thing in there maybe they only do this in japan but they would slide this thing under there and if if it if if you're not sitting full lotus the thing whacks your ankle or your shin really bad well it's like a, it's like a nun with a ruler type situation some i think it just like they just like messing with you I think you're right. I think, I, boy, are we going to get the mail? Uh, well, you know I don't, what? I don't that, read it anymore. The only way to truly get Zen mail is by not getting Zen mail. That's right. So if you have a comment mm. to make about Zen, yes, you, you meditate should meditate on it. Yeah, meditate on it, and in as minimalist way as possible. You don't even need to send the email. Isn't it funny though that that is like like everybody's file card? I call it the file card. The file card is like the one fact you have. Oh, Nicaragua, they got contras and cigars. I'm like, Meh. I can I can like bring a whole country down to like two factoids. I got two cards on that. But I think people's cards, at least my cards in the past on Zen, have been like, you know, oh, it's about having nothing on your desk, or it's it's about some kind of a paradox, or is it? <laughs> you know. It's, and I read too many of those books. What's the other one I read? I read the uh, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind when I was in college. Hmm. Okay, well, we should wrap this up. I, I, um, I, I don't have... Wrap I don't it have up. A, I'm just getting warm. 
I got nowhere to be. Don't you hear the grasshopper at your feet? Wait a minute. Did you just hit me with a stick? (laughs) Hit me with your Zen stick. Zen bones, Zen bones. (laughs) (laughs) You know the song I'm talking about? Did you sing that when you were a kid? I think it's called Dry Bones. Them bones, them. (laughs) The bone connected to the. So the point is, you know what? You should do what you want. Follow your bliss. Zen, Zen something. Uh, Clear off your desk. Hmm. Boy, but you know, it isn't even just the messy part. There's just something funny to me about somebody taking the time to clean off their desk and then take a photo of it and then talk about how it's helping them work. What about those uh, people who they take a photo of the thing that's behind their screen and then they use that as their desktop wallpaper so that it almost looks like the screen is, if there was no applications running, it would seem that it is transparent like a window. it's It's called planking. (laughs) <laughs> that's right it is called planking either that or bias lighting now wait a minute now is there any bias lighting to di- during fireballs work is that where they have pixel anti-aliasing on you i tried to make one from ikea and i burned myself <laughs> so I, I thought i heard it was supposed to be like a virgin america flight you should have purple light behind there it's easy on the eyes right. and it really helps with the distractions is what i heard you know what i used to use the flux you got flux you use flux, flux. flux capacitor Yep, flux. I use flux. It's this really cool little uh, menu. Is that uh, like talc? Mm, no, you know you shouldn't use talc. That's yeah. not safe. Babies choke on that. Did you know that? I did know that, and it also uh, it's what why they actually called a Mad Hatter mad because it would no, make that's them mad. I think you're thinking of mercury, which is often known as quicksilver. Uh, you know what? Actually, you know what Zen baby powder is is not using baby powder. You just put it all <laughs> over your goddamn dishes. So oh, and by the way, thanks yes. to 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 our uh, friend Josh the Oak. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for everything, for really everything, for everything, but is specifically today he found that picture of Ray Bradbury sitting at his desk with the T Rex in the background, and I put it on my milkshake, and I have it in the show notes. So, do you? I uh, for, the sh- for the show you don't listen to. I, I took a photo of my desk last week. I'd be happy to share with you the photo right now. Buddha, oh, Buddha's on his back, and he's got dental floss around his neck. So that is one pissed Buddha. Man, look at that. Go find a Bodhi tree, fatty. Um, Bodhi, not Bodhi tree. What's it called? The Dharma tree? What's the Dharma and Greg? What is the name of that? Ah, oh, Dharma and Greg. There, they had such a non-minimalist. Yes, there is a Bodhi tree background on their. Bias. Oh, you changed the whole design of Kung Fu Grip again. Just when I was getting used to. What do you it. think? That's pretty nice, huh? That's all right. Did you design it yourself? God no. Then I don't. I just like go it. out. I just go out. I have like three glasses of wine and spend one hundred fifty dollars on number <laughs> themes. This one looks kind of nice. Oh, that one's got the uh, the picture that you had of your kid in in the thing with Spider Man. What do you think? It re- I loved it because it reminded me so much of the autopilot from Airplane, that movie Airplane. Remember? Oh it? my God, Dan! <laughs> I hope that's Spider Man that you're referring to. Not your kid. I'm talking about the Spider Man. Okay. Oh, Spider Man's the blow up doll. The blow up doll in in Spider. Yeah, do you remember right. autopilot from that I movie? I absolutely do. I just it's troubling that my daughter would be sitting next to that. But I totally thought of that. Did you see her in the Wolverine? <laughs> she was also in. The, she she uh, sat with Wolverine too. It's non canonical. <laughs> so, uh, do you know about the Squarespace.com? Have you ever heard of this? I like that site. I'm, I'm in the process of moving moving everything that I've done over to it. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, keep I this. see the Wolverine one now. <laughs> It's good stuff. Yeah. That's freaking me out a little bit. Those, ri- those rides are so much more boring than, than I remember. I'm sorry, Ward Cunningham. I I feel bad. 
I wish it had been that Wales guy we were doing this to. <laughs> Dirty Sanchez. That's funny. Rockpile. You should listen to more Rockpile. Um, I, I want to I just cover one more thing because I know a lot, I, I can tell from the Twitter and from uh, emails and talking to people that there are people who are finally um, getting uh, getting a clue and getting onto the Squarespace. Oh, yeah. And so what I, I want to mention something one more time. Um, if you're on the Squarespace and, and you're noodling and you're a nerd, I really want to encourage you to go to code.squarespace.com because I think this is a super interesting thing. Squarespace is crazy easy to use. You can get your website up. You hit a couple buttons. You got a website. But then if you want to do customizations. We've talked about how you can change your CSS. You can change your template. You can use one of theirs. You can make your own. Their gallery will show you all this. But I just want to, again, mention, I want to highlight that you can go to this code.squarespace.com. And it's got a bunch of little, what, hacks for doing lots of cool stuff. A lot of it is like CSS uh, hiding stuff. But it's also stuff like, you know, what if you want the banner to be different on this kind of page or have this kind of link? It just shows you like how, despite being super rock solid, it makes it very easy to go in and change all kinds of stuff. My sense is that this might get even easier with Squarespace 6. But for right now, these are all kinds of great little tricks. You don't need hooks. You don't need to go change PHP. No offense. But uh, uh, I really want you to check this out. So if you're one of the nerds who's been doing Squarespace, you've been playing with your theme, um, give, give us a throw at code.squarespace.com. Um, I'm still loving it. So you're, you're seriously moving, not like Hive Logic. You're not going to move that over. Yes. That's my. Come that's what I'm working on. on. Yep, Are you kidding it over. me? No. <sighs> Is that Expression Engine now? No, no, no. It was, uh, I mean, for many years, it was some blogging tool that I wrote in whatever language I was enjoying at that time and export the data, put it in something else, export it again. And then it was rails for a while. And then, uh, it was expression engine and then it was uh, Jekyll. And now oh, it's, it's kidding. You no, it's Jekyll? still, it's still Jekyll right oh, now. That's so funny. And that now I'm going to move it out and move it into Squarespace just as soon as I can get the, the time to export it properly. That is so funny. Are you moving the encoder over? Uh, the, the, the single page that's the encoder will probably just move to its own little so domain. Thing. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, I don't see, think you can see my little love letter to you. I used encoder this week. You did. I did. Actually, you said this is something I've been using for 15 years. Oh my God. It's the first thing I ever knew that you did. Cause it used to be a huge problem. It's funny because I'll tell you what, imagine how different I didn't, I, I, I didn't think that, you know, we could ever be friends back then. Hmm. And, uh, cause you were, you know, on your high horse in San Francisco, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I figured I, that, you know, there's so no way you'd want to be, you know, uh, a friend with a regular person. And, uh, so I, uh, but imagine back then if I'd known that you would have not, you know, not been completely, you know, closed off and, uh, mm-hmm. abusive, then I would have approached you then and we would have been podcasting. This would be our 10th year. Yeah, it would have cost us uh, $7,000 a month in bandwidth as a thought RAM. Oh, now you're receive from me. Have our own, you know, shoutcast station. Okay, first of all, boo for you and, and revisionist history, because that's that's a lot of horse hockey. Mm-hmm. Way, you were way more famous than I ever was long before I was pseudo-famous. So... So suck on that one because you, I, we should probably finish the bit before I start telling you to suck things. Um, but please go to squarespace.com slash back to work. And uh, when you go there, uh, you can use the code, uh, sign up for an account. And if you use the code fine for Merlin, hmm. mm-hmm. remind me, is it 30% off for uh, three months? Yes. Correct. Uh, is it off. for three months? 
I think it's ninety percent for no. I believe it's. I believe that's correct. I believe it's thirty percent off for three months. Do you want me to double check that? I think that's correct. Uh, yeah, let's go with what you said. Okay, I will literally pay for that out of your pocket if I got it wrong. But anyway, sorry. I you know what? I don't know, Dan. I don't know what to say anymore. I, I don't I know like what to say. I, there is nothing to say. I feel like I'm in like hour 26 of the telethon. I'm sweating. I've taken off my tie. I'm saying, when you walk through a storm, I just cannot tell you enough why you need to be doing this. Yeah, it's, it, it, this is the thing. This is what people need to get. This is what they need to get. Yes. They need to understand yes. that we're not trying to waste their time. We're trying to get them time. Well, you know, we need to... That's a good point. And we There's need to do TJ, a whole TJ Lu- Luoma. I, I love TJ Luoma. You know, that guy's that guy helpful. You know that. what he says? He says, after he say? 14... Hey, he doesn't even look for this avatar. He looks 14 in the avatar. After 14 years of putting words on the World Wide Web, Squarespace is the first time I found the experience enjoyable and fun rather than frustrating. You know, that guy's smart as heck. He has glasses and hair. He's, well, he... He's a friend of mine from the internet, and he's crazy smart. He writes for one of those uh, one of those uh, Apple deals. I'm following uh, him now, and I am going to put this link to his tweet into the Dan, show. Dan, you should follow him on the Tumblr. He's extremely funny on the Tumblr. Really? He's What's very, very out? funny. He's say? actually genuinely fun. I don't so know, wait, he should move that Tumblr to Squarespace, no? Well, you know what's nice about uh, the Tumblr is nice because you do get that community aspect. That's not why I love Squarespace. If I want to have the the community thing somewhere else, think of it this way. To me, Tumblr is like a bar that I like where I feel like nobody's going to pick my wallet mostly. Yeah. But like Squarespace is my house. Like there's a reason nice. houses have doors. Like, nice. Right? Like, you know, do you feel like a jerk because you asked the hobo to, to leave while you're having dinner? I mean, if it's me, yeah, I hope you feel bad. But but by and large, Squarespace, is, this, is, this is the problem. You know what? We should stop. I still got seven things to talk about and a lot of follow-up. But the, um, the I think that we've been so, we get so attracted. This is really more of an opinion than part of the bit, but I think it's so easy to get caught up in all the ease of posting and all these different places. It's so great. You know, Facebook, I, I, you know, it bums me out when something only exists on Facebook because I deactivated my account and I, I have absolutely no interest in even giving them a visit. I, you know, I should just put them in a host file because it drives me crazy. I don't ever want to see that little Lucita Graham blue thing ever again. I don't care. Uh, nothing against Facebook, but, uh, but you still need a place to live. You still need a. You still need to have your own bed and your own couch and your own coffee mug. And that's what Squarespace is. When you've given up your entire web identity to all of these different places, now, now I understand you're going to go, "Hey, how is Squarespace any different?" Well, first of all, it's super easy to import, and then guess what? It's super easy to, easy to export. Dan, have you ever done a data snapshot? This is the last thing, and then we're done. You ever done a data snapshot? Uh, in in the Squarespace context or elsewhere, just spits out a big old wad of XML, yeah. whatever you got. And Not great. You take that anywhere you want. Done. Boom. Python. Anywhere. Jekyll. Just saying words. GitHub. Check out. I think I'm having a stroke, Dan. You all right? And that's. I really think that you need to have somewhere that is a comfortable home for you. And I mean, I I like the Tumblr. I, I'm bummed about some of the spam I get. I love being there, but it still doesn't feel like it's completely mine. Now, luckily, our friend Marco, when he was still at the Tumblr, wrote a fantastic exporter for like getting literally like every photo you've ever posted out of there. It's fantastic. I hope they always support that. But like, and this is not FUD, but like how many more stories do you need to hear about some web service going boobies up and, 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 and now your stuff is all gone? I think you need a place that's your home. And this is why I say to people, go have fun on Facebook, go have fun on Tumblr, go have fun on Twitter. But like, but like 10 years from now, aren't you kind of still kind of want a place that's your own? And, and that, to me, that's what, that's what this is, whether that's for your business or for your family or for your whatever. 
We've talked too much again, and I promised myself I wouldn't do that. Please go to squarespace.com slash back to work. And I really want to talk about this sometime, Dan, about how like we actually use all the stuff on this show. And that's not even that we're not even like fronting on that. Like there's some stuff I've used less than others, but by and large, like nine out of ten, or however many sponsors we've had, I freaking use all of these things. Yeah. I really do. It's a it's a treat, quite a treat. This is Ryan's first Christmas, you know. He's uh he's gonna he's almost one now. Ryan Stansky. <laughs> First Christmas in America. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Soviet Russia. Christmas tree lights you. We are flying over Russia. (laughs) Now, was that an Eddie Murphy movie? No. Flying flying to America? No. Okay. That would be a Barishnikov movie. Oh, I think you're thinking of uh, the one with uh, Gregory Hines, Mm -hmm. the guy from uh, History of the World Part 1. That's right. Didn't he play God in that movie with Jim Carrey? Oh, hmm. Hmm. You ever heard that? You ever heard that joke? Which guy dies. Which one? Guy dies. Guy, our thanks to uh, Squarespace for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. Guy Squarespace.com. Dies. Guy dies and goes to heaven. And St. Paul goes. It's a New Testament reference. Don't worry about it. And St. Paul goes. Uh, hey, you know, welcome. This is great. You you uh, you play guitar, right? And the guy goes, Yeah, actually, I I, I did play guitar. He goes, Well, this is awesome. You got to come up here. And he goes in this one room. It's it's uh it's it, it's mind blowing. You know, it's just it's just all, all of these people. It's like Jimi Hendrix and, and Mama Cass and John Bonham's banging away on the drums and, and it's awesome. And out front, you know, wearing giant orange glasses with the hair and like screaming about, you know, different is Bono's up there on stage singing along. And the guy goes, Oh my God, did 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 Bono die? And he goes, Oh, nah, it's just God. Sometimes he likes to pretend he's Bono. <laughs> That's good. I feel bad. I don't want to rag on people. Everybody has the things they need. I've got my share of crutches. Apologies in advance, because now everybody's going to write a blog post about why the minimalisms. Well, you know, that's fine. Just make sure it's a minimalist post. Have a follow-up. Five, uh, five follow-ups and a thanks to the sponsor. Um, so a little more follow-up, and I think we're done. We're running about right, so we should probably go soon. Did yeah. you have anything else? Did you have anything else today? Nothing. Stress. No. Yeah, I want to come back to stress because we keep avoiding that. Um, I want to talk about Florida, but I want to talk about Florida and music. Uh, minimalism thing. I should have skipped that. That nah, was a good one. People are going to like it. The um, Just as a, a little pre-thing here, um, this is our last episode before a popular uh, American holiday. But just as a little thinking ahead thing, I, I put something in, let's call it reserve reading, which is something I wrote a few years ago on 43 folders called Fresh Starts and Modest Changes. And... Uh, just to get you thinking about, you know, let's not worry about like why I don't like New Year's resolutions. I just want you guys to start thinking about like the kinds of things that you would want to change and how to do that in a sane way. I, w- I would really like to talk about that next week in preparation for the kinds of uh, undoable resolutions most people uh, will end up undertaking and the self-help trap that they will spend the rest of the year feeling bad about having their ankle in. Not that that's a bad thing. But um, I think that's good enough for the main topics do you think that's pretty good we did all right on time that's not too bad it's not like syracuse length no yeah can only handle that once a week you know what you you should have your own show on five by five you don't really have your own show i used to when i started the network i had an interview show and then i had the conversation which was essentially mine but uh stay stay tuned in 2012 in january that's all i'm gonna say oh my gosh i know is it huh so that's the fourth thing it'll be up by june I heard, I heard you're going to have a show that's going to be in half of the computers made by June. That's right. Just by June. Does anybody, does, does, does Eric Schmidt check with anybody before he says things like that? 
Yeah, it seem it would seem like he doesn't need to. I was walking around. I was doing the dishes last night with the <laughs> headphones on, listening to Build and Analyze, and I laughed out loud. I literally laughed out loud. <laughs> he's claiming to do something that it's going to take like five companies to do. I know. It's insane. And they're not, and the companies he's talking <laughs> about aren't even aware that it's going to happen. Right. It would be, it would be like, like one of those things where you find out, you know, you're getting divorced from watching E or something, you know? Yeah. What? what? I didn't know we were making a world-class, what? All right. Um, you know, can, uh, can I, before we part, can I say one thing? I don't want to bust a gut about this, but I got, um, eh, uh, and I don't want to be a holiday or whatever, but I, I somebody did something really, really nice for me this week who's a listener to the show. And I don't want to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him, but he's a guy who actually lives like on the whole other side of the planet. And he went to a lot of trouble to send me a Christmas card and say thanks for stuff like this. And it it just made me so happy. And I just, I don't know, I just want to say thanks to, you know, everybody who listens to the show because I know it's a dorky show and Dan and I act silly, but like I, I'm really actually seriously Merlin Mann, actual me, genuinely grateful that people listen to this. And I just, you know, I just want to say that. I don't know if we... We don't say that uh, ever. So I think it's just worth saying that um, we're coming up on a year next month. Can you believe that? Is it really a year? We haven't even done 52. I don't, I don't believe it. We have not done a year's worth of shows, though. We did a year's worth of shows in seven shows, Dan. <laughs> well, that's where they went and started going so downhill. I've been told. Oh, my God. I'm so holiday angry. But, you know, again, I don't want to bust a gut. And I, I, I hate fake public sincerity crap, but... This is not fake. It's actually, I love doing this. I love doing this with you. And it helps me think and learn what I think about things. And sometimes it seems to help people. So, you know, as we head into this uh, ridiculously stressful holiday, I just uh, wanted to say thanks to you and to everybody because it is... Uh, it's, it's our, it's it is our privilege to be able to do it is, this. It is really... It's really actually, I, I see enough about this to know that like people enjoy this. Some people, all five of them, but... It's anyway, I won't go on about it, but it's an honor. And thanks especially to Matt. I really appreciate that. Holidays. Very stressful, Dan. Yeah. You didn't listen to that guitar solo at all. Which one? Elvis? No, 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 no. no. Can't listen to that. Hmm. Let's button this up. All right. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.